Lawrence. Lawrence, can you hear me, Scorla? There it comes. All right. Is that your clock, Lawrence? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Right. Well, Anna Marie is here with me at the retreat, which is so nice. We have a few minutes to get in here. How does how do I sound? Very good. Okay, great. If that changes, just let me know, and I'll put my headset on. Yes, yes, yes. All right. Well, let's begin with a prayer. Hi, Carla. All right. Can you hear me? I, I get, I'm still getting the hang of this. I'm so I'm still eating breakfast, so that's why I have my video off. So go ahead, pray in. Great time. Okay. So we take a breath of love and gratitude. So grateful and so thankful to open our hearts and our minds to infinite love, intelligence divine guidance and inspiration. So grateful to allow ourselves to know the freedom of true love is our very life. We partner up with the higher Holy Spirit self. And we consciously recognize that right where we are, the fullness of love is, the fullness of our wisdom seed is. We are grateful and thankful to gather together for the purpose of watering that wisdom seed and allowing it to nourish and grow. We are gathering together for the purpose of our freedom, our awakening, surrendering everything that does not serve our life of love. We're in deep gratitude that we are so profoundly supported in the invisible. We are in deep gratitude that we are given everything by spirit. We're willing to make use of it. We're willing to know the truth of it. And in gratitude, we let it be. And so it is. Amen. 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 Yes. Well, so I'm at the Forgive and Be Free retreat in North Carolina. And uh, as I said, Anna Marie is here, which is very nice. And uh, we've got some folks from uh, Masterful Living. And Tina, my assistant Tina, is here. It's very nice for us to be together. And uh, so, uh, been contemplating the teachings of Master Saint Germain uh, and uh, Master 
masters. And one of the things that they tell us really is, and we all know this, we've talked about it so many times, but it's our awakening and our ascension is in our um, control in a way. And it's determined by our willingness and by our choices. And that the most limiting thing that we can do is allow ourselves to be upset and to allow it to go unchecked. And I know I've talked about this so many times, but uh, this is the path of ascension because it's entirely possible for us. I know it's been possible for me to feel so familiar with constant upsets and irritations and frustrations happening that I am not even aware of the level to which I allow it to go on and to continue. And one of the things that it says in teachings by the masters, particularly St. Germain, is that if we, if we don't take dominion, that we're actually the, the assistance and the support of the, the masters is going to be withdrawn. And then it becomes much, much harder. So uh, our consistent willingness to practice, to uh, actually embody that characteristic of the teachers of God of honesty, which is consistency, and really truly not allowing ourselves to spiral down, to go into depression, to go into sadness, to go into it. and um, stay there uh, our unwillingness to allow that to happen and our willingness to change our mind have a healing shift energetically is that's within our power and our control but sometimes i get that it really doesn't feel like it because i can remember uh very well feeling that this is happening to me. I don't have any control over this. But when there is a, a sense of upset of any kind, it's, it's a trigger. And that trigger is, what it is, is it's bringing bot to the surface for the purpose of our healing. It wouldn't be triggered, it wouldn't be brought to the surface if we weren't actually willing to have the healing. And so the evidence of being triggered, that is the evidence of our increased willingness to have a healing. And so sometimes it can feel like we are resistant and reluctant. And we can really get on ourselves for feeling resistant and reluctant. And then we can uh, stay in that space of uh, getting down on ourselves for being resistant and reluctant, affirming the resistance and the reluctance again and again and again, making it seem so real. But how do we notice that we're resistant and reluctant? So I'd like to talk about that for uh, a minute here. How is it that you notice you're feeling resistant and reluctant?
uh, I'm, I'm telling myself something and I'm believing it. <laughs> that's more, that's what I noticed today, this morning. Oh, great. Yeah, I noticed what I was telling myself that I don't like this <laughs> Zoom. And I'm like, I, I caught myself. I mean, that there is, is in, increasing the resist, the reluctance by telling myself that. And it's, it's not going to change as long as I believe it, right? As long as I continue to support myself in that. And, uh, well, maybe it will, but slower. <laughs> um, so that's all I noticed this morning, that what I'm telling myself is my reluctance. Yeah, that's a great example, Carla. So, and I, I have as part of my spiritual practice that when I feel like I don't like something, I just allow myself to express that and say, you know, I don't like this. I have to say, I'm, my feeling is I wish it were different or my thought is I wish it were different. And just acknowledging that. And then from then, once I acknowledge what's, what I'm experiencing, then I can have a healing with it. So being able to say, okay, I don't like what's occurring. I wish it were different. So do I really wish it were different? If I knew what it was for, would I still wish it were different? If I knew what it was for, would I still wish it were different? So can you think of something that um, you wish were different? You know, and seeing you there, Lawrence, I mean, there's a lot in your life right now that I can imagine that would be very easy to go to wishing it were different. Uh, <clears throat> yes, there is. Yeah. A lot and not to make it wrong that we don't like how things are and we wish it were different because that's being discompassionate with ourselves you know if a, a friend came to us and said you know I, I really don't like what's happening in my life right now I really wish it were different would we respond with yeah you just have to get over that or would we respond with, um, well, that's not very spiritual? Or would we respond with some of the things that we might say to ourselves or the ego might say to us? So allowing ourselves to simply have an awareness that that's how I'm feeling right now is the first step on the path of healing because awareness is curative, awareness is healing. And so... When we notice we're feeling resistant and reluctant, like Carly, you're saying you don't. You're saying you don't like the doing the, the video classes. <laughs> There's a lot more, but yeah, it's just one. I, and it's interesting. I'm glad you're speaking on this because. So my question was when you say when you when you said just get over it. That's, I think that's what I told myself. Like, I was trying to be compassionate in the sense I go, I go, I understand it's 
different and but that's what we're interested in right <laughs> sort of thing you know we're interested in changing our normal pattern of behavior and so this is exactly a good example and so I'm just talking to myself like that and so but I did notice when you're, you're saying that I don't know if I was quite that gentle <laughs> to myself I may have been more hey come on man what's what you want Dane <laughs> that sort of thing yeah yeah well I think it's helpful to really just talk about what came up so what what were you saying? What did come up? Well, I had a whole whole list of things I was telling myself. And I noticed, I'm like, what? Because uh, I was like, I, I can't eat breakfast. I mean, I did eat breakfast, but it's like I'd turn off the video. And uh, I, sometimes I can listen to the, the call and cook breakfast at the same time. And I don't think I can do that now because it's on computer. I mean... It's on the phone too, but I don't, I'm not linked up with my Bluetooth on my computer, so I don't have the sound, right? So there's just many things. I don't, I don't care. The fact I can't make a, a website that, like a link, and say it's the same because every class is different, right? So I made a link and I'm like, it's, uh, oh, I can't do that anymore. I can't just fight if I have just like 30 seconds, I could jump on the call and be there. I, I can't do that now. And so, so is that enough? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. There's more, but yeah. That's, um... Well, and it's. Are there any advantages? So we're looking at some of the disadvantages. Are there any advantages? Well, I don't see it yet. <laughs> but the bit is that I'd be present. I'd be here. I wouldn't be multitasking. I would set aside this time and, and be more prepared and go, uh, before I could just stay in bed until three till nine, you know, or sleep, you know, my couch. And I, and in fact, I could still be on the couch the whole call and not move, right? Now that's not possible. I need to kind of, not need, but it requires uh, discipline, I think is what it requires, discipline. And that's something I've been resisting a lot. <laughs> this is perfect, but, you know, I'm resisting. Yeah, so are, what are the advantages to the discipline? Well, this just this one thing could, once you start with one thing, I think more things become that way, right? And so that's actually really what I've been desiring in my life, part, some of my thinking or whatever, uh, my spirit self or whatever, higher self has been 
interesting it's the lower self because uh you know whatever i yeah with lots of reasons but um i really feel like it would bleed over into more of my practice more of my experiences and my thoughts it's like everything Every, i think i can't stop it really i can't <laughs> i can try but it's not stoppable yeah yeah so i'm so glad we're talking about this because um that's it what would be the advantages to um, coming to class feeling prepared and um, very receptive and open and willing versus um, multitasking uh, jumping on at the last minute um, having zero preparation um, what would be the advantages maybe too well what comes to my mind when you first started is it <sighs> I'm really nervous about saying this but I can even feel tears coming up because because I'm not believing it's possible but I want to be a teacher and not just myself I want to be able to to do that for I mean I do do that in a way with with the facilitation but that's what I want to do and like my neighbor they have retreats and so they park in front of my house and I notice I get mad because they people come and park there and I'm like Ugh. I'm not mad because they're parking there. I'm mad because they're doing something that I want to do, that I'm desiring to do. And I think the preparation is, is really valuable. Being, bringing up a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's so powerful, Carla, because you are a teacher, my friend. You are. You are, and life is organizing so that you will step into that. If you choose it. And you are choosing it. And so the things that, the ways in which we wish to remain hidden will be in way. So, you know, um, uh, you know what it says in the choice section, right, of the manual for teachers? Which step? Is there a specific step? Well, they're all pretty similar in a certain sense, particularly the first few. Um, Let me get my book, too. So... Uh, It's being in that space of doing. My goodness. So page ten in the manual. So it's a period of undoing. Undoing the the habits, undoing the the routines, undoing the comfort zone. 
that's actually a discomfort zone. Wow, step one, goodness. Ego can go with that. Yes, exactly. A period of undoing. This need not be painful, but it usually is so experienced. It seems as if things are being taken away. So it seems as if, you know, the, the ability to multitask is being taken away. It's not being taken away because you could just call in on the phone and multitask and we would never know. In a sense, we, you know, it seems like you can hide the multitasking. And I understand people call in when they're driving in the car and all that. And I have zero judgment or complaints about that. But it's different than you're prayed up. You've come to stillness. You're ready. You're available. You have your, your journal to make notes if you like to make notes. You have your, your books with you. You've got everything you need. And you can just totally be present for the class. And let me say, I'm also highly aware that for me, like when I listen to the community calls, that's a different thing for me. When I listen to the community calls, I find it very helpful to be able to listen to the community calls because I'm listening to the audio recording of it later. For me, it's um, very helpful to be doing things like walking, just walking in the woods or folding the laundry, something like that. And I can, uh, or cooking even sometimes, where I'm doing something that uh, doesn't require much of my mind. And so I can put my full attention on listening to the people in the community call. And I know that some people also do that with the classes. And, but this is also one of the things that the, the video gives us gives us is it gives us that focal point for the personality. We are looking at the pictures and just like we're, you know, if we were gathered in a room together and we were all present together, uh, how would it feel if somebody in the room was um, balancing their checkbook while we were talking in our class or somebody was uh, peeling carrots right there in front of us or somebody was uh, even sometimes, I know one time when I was in the choir at Agape, I was um, knitting and I wasn't even in the front row and it was choir rehearsal and I was knitting, you know, and um, the choir director said, Jennifer, can you stop that? It's too distracting for me. She just wanted everybody to just be fully present and paying attention to her. And I thought, well, I can certainly knit while she's working with the other section. You know, uh, I'm a soprano and she's working with the altos. Why can't I knit? You know, but I was like, I get it. I, I don't want to distract you. That's fine. So we're, by doing the move to video, what I am recognizing is it makes us all become more present to each other and therefore to spirit. <clears throat> and so what is it we're really resisting? Isn't, all, isn't the only thing there is to resist is just love? Is there anything else to resist? 
Well, Mike could probably think up stuff, but that probably wouldn't be true. <laughs> huh? hmm. So that's probably just loving ourselves for whatever's coming up, right? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. And, and to be aware of what's coming up. And what's coming up, we want it to come up. That's why it's coming up. Because we have a desire to have a healing. That's why we're getting triggered. That's why it's coming up. It's not something that's happening to us. It's our heart's desire to have it up and out. And for too long, we've trained ourselves to, to endure, to be inured to what's coming up. We've got a couple people here on the phone. Um, anybody want to say hi? Hi, this is Kazi. Hey, Kazi. Hey, Kazi, you know that, um, that you can get an app for your phone. Yep. I just remembered that as you were talking <laughs> to get that. I don't have it on there yet. Yeah, not that you have to... Um, to participate that way, but you would at least be able to see how gorgeous I am. <laughs> I hate that you're- That's right. I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, we, we've had a few people do that. They're calling in on iPads and, uh, and phones and, uh, and it's working just fine for them, the apps are. It's Zoom, the app, Zoom app. Uh -huh. But you have to have the class code, right? Yeah, I, I'm, you know, I, it works a little differently for you folks than it does for me because it's my account. Yeah. So I just go in and look at the meetings that are scheduled in my account. Yeah. And I'm not saying we're going to stick with Zoom. We're starting with Zoom. So, and I just as an FYI, I, I would love for you all to hold me in prayer because I'm thinking of doing the Living a Course in Miracles, my classes for Living a Course in Miracles on Zoom. So, that's what I'm thinking of. Who else is on the phone? Do you want, would you like to say hi? It's Mary Christine. Hey. Hello. Hi. I'm on the phone because I am also working right now. So I'm, I'm multitasking and I'm grateful that I get to listen on the call. Yeah. Yep. I totally get it. <clears throat> no, I'd like to bring up something um, about what we were, you were just talking about. Okay. about the resistance and the reluctance. I feel that um, I was not a very good listener. Last week on the call, I got frustrated, and then um, I'd ask for help, but then I'd get caught up in my own frustration. So um, it was very good learning for me because I just finished transcribing the MLC3 class where it was talking about 
listening to somebody in sacred circle going on and on and on, and you're wishing that they would just shut up. And just working with that, and it just came up the next day, and it was, if I felt, at times I felt powerless. Yeah. And that's what frustrated me uh, very much last week. The community call or the class? Is it last week was the community call, so two weeks ago? Yeah. It was in, it was, let's just say it was, it was on a call where um, I was asked to listen and I, I felt that I was trying to fix. Mm. <laughs> and it kind of set me off on a, a bit of a spiral that, uh, well, am I going to be a good facilitator? How am I going to handle this kind of a situation in the future? And you know, the what if. That's all. I just wanted to, to speak that, that it was um, very interesting timing that I just transcribed the MLC3 and it, it's the very same thing came up the very next day or a few days later. And also that, <clears throat> excuse me, the self-worth thing. It, it, it did, it triggered that, can and I worked say, with it. Yeah, can you say a little bit more about how it triggered the self-worth? Um, that I really wasn't um, vigilant enough and in my heart space enough that it seems to be um, Yeah, I didn't have any self-compassion, I think. That's, that's it. And I chided myself for not being self-compassionate and also for um, projecting it out onto another person. Mm. So that brought up feelings of oh, worthlessness. It didn't help that... Wait a minute. <clears throat> Excuse me. It didn't help that I... Because I'm in this household, I hear lots of stuff going on with the Trump and the Hillary campaign, the political thing, and and there was a whole lot of anger and upset. And while I blocked most of it out and removed myself from situations, I still heard it a lot, and it and it helped in that spiraling down of feeling defensive, and yeah, feeling defensive and feeling attacked. So. I cleansed and cleared everything around here and worked with it. And it's much better, much better. It still, I still feel it lingering though. Uh, uh, and when, when, when were you feeling this? When? It actually started after my phone call last week. It, it started the feeling of not, being good enough, of not being able to be a good enough facilitator, of really putting myself down for participating in this conversation the way I did. That's when the feeling came up. And then it just snowballed. Yeah, that and, that and that's 
where we started the classroom is recognizing that uh, we can step up our game in terms of really, 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 really not allowing at all the, the, the spiral through recognizing what the trigger is for. So obviously this is very familiar for us, but we're still, look, we're still learning, we're still growing. And so to be able to talk about it transparently is bringing it to the light because the tendency is for a lot of spiritual students who have been at this for years, as everyone in this class has for many years, you know, I've been at it for um, half my life, literally, um, uh, well, more, more than half my life. So, uh, and I'm 56. So I've been at it for a very long time and I still get triggered. So instead of uh, thinking that something bad is happening when there's a trigger, it's really, really, really moving into that deep space of this is exactly what I can benefit from because these triggers are the answered prayer of bringing something up to the surface so it's not hidden anymore. And that's how I can deal with it. Now, we don't have to work this way. You know, this is working in a more dense way of getting triggered and then um, healing uh, and having it come up for healing and doing the healing work. Um, we can also work with um, you know, really doing the, the violet flame, working with the flames, working with um, forgiving every little thing. We can work with uh, the um, Ho'oponopono, the prayers, the purity affirmations, the deep desire of the heart. All of these things are other ways, alternate ways for us to do the healing where we don't have to get triggered. Right. Yeah. That's the, that's the ultimate. <clears throat> and specifically, um, this was um, the whole thing with all the um, accusations about women and certain things like that that have been in the news so much in the last week or two. It really triggered the, not the thought so much, but the feeling of dirtiness, and um, from old, old, old wounds that naturally I thought were healed. And I feel pretty much were the feelings came back up again. And so I was dealing with that. It was more of a cleansing of, it turned out to be more of a cleansing of just my whole being from multiple decades of hearing and experiencing negativity towards women. That's, that's a perfect segue, Mary Christine. I'm so glad you brought that up because this is one of the things that I feel we can uh, have healing around and, and discuss today. So um, right now we've just got the five of us on, on the, in the class here. And so since we're an intimate group, we've known each other for years and we're all dedicated students. 
I'd, I'd just love if each person could share just for a minute or two how you are feeling about the election, the candidates. It's fine to say what your preference is. I'll say uh, my preference is that we find somebody different. Uh, I don't really like any of these candidates, but if I, uh, right now, it appears that I will be voting for Hillary. Um, so, um, and I can say that um, what I notice a little bit is the, the part of my personality that likes to uh, make fun of people and be sarcastic um, can get a little bit triggered. Um, certainly, well, in my, my, my personality can have, could have a field day making fun of, uh, well, particularly Donald Trump, you know. Um, but I'm just not interested in that. I'm not interested in making fun of him or talking about his hair or anything like that. I, I just honestly don't feel a lot of need to talk about it except to, to tell people it's really important to vote. It's really important to vote. Um, but but I, I think it's also really valuable in the ways that I do talk about it with people is how are you getting triggered? How can we bring that to the light? So Mary Christine, you wanna say a little bit more about how you're being triggered? Well, a couple of things. Uh, one of them, one of them is that uh, one party in particular has been um, stomping all over women's rights to health care. And for instance, in Texas, there's is only like in the whole southern state is only one place women can go for any kind of Planned Parenthood. So it's like, in on one hand, this party has been degrading and downgrading women for so long and trying to take away the rights that women already have and then coming now they're finally coming out because something is in the news blatant about um, treating women badly that all these people are standing on the bandwagon and saying this and I'm wondering if they really do believe any of it so if they believe any of their belief that women have rights and so there's that there's a huge healing around that because it's something that has been in my life for my entire life and I work diligently not to be in that space. And just one last thing, I don't have any animosity towards my brother Donald Trump, pretty much. I mean, he is who he is, and that's the way it is. And I'm not voting for him. And what? What was the last thing you said there, Mary Christine? I said, although I'm not voting for the man yeah. at all, yeah. I couldn't in good conscience. And I'm grateful it looks, it looks like he's not going to be president because it, it did set off fear in me, a lot of fear that this could be the representative of our country. And then I just kept going to Archangel Michael and the prayer about having him run the government. Yeah. That helped. Yeah. And I feel complete. 
Thanks, Mary Christine. You know what, I just, it's a total aside, Mary Christine. I, um, my friend Renee Stahl that you may know, she, her cousin, uh, she has a cousin named Tracy, but she calls her cousin MC for my cousin. So a lot of times when I think of you, I want to call you MC. Anyway. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Um, anybody else like to share any triggers that they're experiencing uh, right now or particularly around the election or world events? Can you hear me? Yes. Okay, this is Tati. Um, so this is the whole political thing has been a process for me because my husband is very much into it. So I hear a lot of it, even though when I've been trying not to. And early in the cycle, I would say I was very much triggered. Um, I'm a lot less, thank goodness, for this class and really contemplating what is getting triggered. But of recent, um, I'm very aware that we're all one, but I've had a really hard time feeling at one with Donald. <laughs> so I was really, so I really contemplated where can I, where am I triggered and what, what does he represent the most to me and myself that really wants to be healed? And it's that wounded child. Cause I feel like the wounded, I mean, that's the way I, when I look at it there, I can really work with that in myself. Um, and so I've been doing a lot of that. Because when I'm when I feel wounded or backed into a corner, I can um, well either become a bully or else just uh, be very defensive. So really working on that. Um, and most recently, I was very disturbed by his comments about women, and um, I had been disturbed by that in this whole process earlier. Because um, I've been struck by how many women support him, which surprises me. But what I realized for myself is that um, it's about the policies that would be could be made that women lose their rights, and that's what really disturbs me the most. Um, and I was very grateful for Michelle Obama that she spoke so eloquently and articulate to express really how I was feeling, and I think many people were feeling. Um, and I can't wait till it's over because I think it's very stressful on everyone, including myself. <laughs> and I'm going to be in India when it's over. Mm. So it will be interesting to wake up and find out who won mm -hmm. being in another country. Mm -hmm. um, let me see what else about it. Um, through the process, I've, I've come more to a place where I do believe that whatever is uh, the best will happen. Because I can tell you, I mean, I think I've shared on some of the classes earlier on, that was not my viewpoint, or I was having a very hard time getting there. <laughs> um, so I've, I've um, but I really, I really do trust that at this point. Um, I think that's all. I, and I, um, we don't have to say, but I will, I will vote for Hillary. I won't vote for Trump, and I don't feel like voting for a third party is um, for myself is useful because I don't really, every vote counts, but that's the third party I don't believe is going to win. 
So for me, that would not be using my vote in a useful way. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate all that you're sharing. I'm going to hold my... Go ahead. There's one other thing I did want to say is that my biggest concern really is actually after the election. Because this is just, I mean, I'm grateful it's all coming to the light and that all of us on this call are working, you know, like we're um, choosing the light. And so that's all come to the light. But um, there's a lot been churned up and it's not going to just suddenly on November 8th be all great. No matter who wins. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's all. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I'm going to hold my comments till everybody has shared. Yeah. I, I do wish to say that. Um, as you may have heard me talk about, I've definitely had people in Mass for Living who had opposing political preferences. Um, but they're both Course in Miracles students, they're both uh, Mass for Living students, but very different political views. And um, I don't have a, I don't have a feeling that uh, one preference is more spiritual than another. Uh, I really don't. So I just wanted to, I, I wouldn't in, in other classes, I wouldn't uh, say my preferences probably. And I, uh, but I think this is a safe environment where everybody can really just say what's what and that it's all, um, we can, we can accept and love each other regardless of whether or not we have differing political views. You know, I've, I've heard um, female commentators uh, say uh, that I, I don't care about Trump's sexual history or anybody's sexual history. It has nothing to, to do with their, um, their politics. And, and so um, I'm not saying that I believe that, but I can certainly understand how someone would feel that way. So anybody else getting triggered, like to share some triggers, either events in your life or events on a world stage? Lawrence, anything that uh, you would like to share with us? I know it's a time of uh, such significant change and intensity. How how are you doing? Well, uh, well <clears throat> I'm having a very hard time not being uh, completely distracted by the, uh, the the household problems that I'm having, 
It's like just it's demanding it's demanding all of my attention and it's like I can't think about anything else a lot of the time. This is not it's not constant, but there are there are periods when I, I just get really totally wrapped up in this plumbing thing that's going on. It's, Got the, I have, I have no bathroom at this point. And, um, the the plumbers have it, it, it's it's everything seems to be stalled, and there's there doesn't seem to be anything I can do to to resolve the problem and it came to me it has come to me that I've been trying to really push density and I've been trying to make thing to make things happen. I've been trying to figure figure out exactly what to do and what to tell people to do and it's just not working and I have to really surrender it and I have to change my mind about it but I I, I feel uh, I feel blocked I I feel stuck um, I feel stuck and I've got this big problem going on around me and I, it, if I think about the, the future at all, I feel like just totally overwhelmed. So, uh, in some ways, I feel like this is a gift because, for one thing, it's keeping me from falling into the really deep sadness that is, and I'm very tempted to fall into. Like Wednesday was was Rick's and my anniversary, and I didn't even I didn't even realize it all day long. Didn't occur to me because I was so wrapped up in these other problems. So that was I mean it was so that saved me and in, in, from what could have been a really sad time. But I still feel stuck about the problems, about the yeah. physical problems. Mm -hmm. 
But when I do my practice and and I can I can find I can find peace. But it's like two different lives. Yes, I I understand. I can understand what you're sharing with us. Lawrence, do you remember in um, year two or three class, Linda Soto had shared her experience with her hot water heater? Yes. So she came home. There was notice from the bank that she was overdrawn. She went to... I remember correctly, she wanted to take a bath and there was no hot water. And she discovered that the hot water heater had completely died. No money in the bank, no hot water heater. Winter is coming. And she felt upset and overwhelmed and she did her practice and she gave it over to spirit and said, there's nothing more I can do about this now, giving it to spirit. She went to bed. She woke up and the next morning, a friend of hers explained that by a nutty set of circumstances, she had a brand new hot water heater to give to Linda that she didn't need. And because of the nutty circumstances, the guy who had contributed to it was going to come over and install it for her that day for no charge. And so she had this experience, this demonstration that appeared to be a direct result of her willingness to hand it over, try to, to manage it. And um, so I, I, I you know, sometimes we can go right to it, and sometimes we have an experience where we have to remember or to learn, ah, oh, there I go again, trying to manage and control and manipulate things, forgetting that I have this infinite support system. If I will allow spirit to do its thing, I can have a different experience. And as you pointed out, it's perfect timing because if you weren't working with this, you might be obsessing about uh, your feelings about Rick making his transition and all that goes with that. And 
So you're recognizing that this is a healing opportunity and that there's a benefit to you in it. And do you have a sense of what you'd really like? Like, what would you really like? Do you, do you, do you feel like you'd like to continue to be distracted by it for a while? Or would you like it to gracefully resolve? I would like it to gracefully resolve. Yeah, because sometimes, you know, I, I know it's very possible to feel like, uh, I, I, I would like the distraction to continue. I'd like to keep spitting around with it because I don't want to deal with the other things. And that is understandable. Yeah, I think I did feel that way at first. Mm -hmm. I mean, this, this, this started the, the, the night when I, I think I've told this story, uh, the night that I came home after Rick died, when I opened the front door, I found that the ceiling had collapsed. And that, I would, like, that was my immediate, that was what greeted me. And I just, I felt nothing about it. I just went and got the shop back and cleaned it up and I didn't even have any judgments about it. I just, I didn't think about it or anything else. But then the next day, when the plumber finally came, well, the, the details don't matter. I, I lost my train of thought. You were gonna say next day when the plumber came. I began to think of the problem as being unsolvable and as I, I, I have been thinking of it as being unsolvable. I've been thinking of it as being something that I am stuck with forever. I can't do anything about it and that I'm, that I'm stuck here in the middle of it forever. That's, that's the feeling when it gets, when I allow it to take hold. There's, there's nothing I can do and there's no help available. That's what it feels like when there's a loss of a loved one sometimes. I'm stuck in this forever. There's nothing I can do about it. Yeah, I always depended on being able to share the burden with Richard. 
even if you couldn't do anything, just sharing it with him was made it bearable. And I, I've, I've come to realize how deeply entangled and meshed our lives were. It's like every, every decision that I make involves every decision. I've realized that every decision that I made over the last 38 years has involved Richard. I always had, I was always considering how it was going to affect him. And now I have to change my thought patterns to not, I have to take a different path. I was putting him first, I guess. And now I can't do that. So I have to be a lot more responsible, I guess. Yeah, it's a reorientation. Yeah, it sure is. And it's um, disorienting. Yes. And that's so normal. It's so normal. Do you have, I know before you were saying, talking about other people being with you, do you have um, friends and family supporting you, visiting you, helping you? Uh, yes, my, my oldest and dearest friend came and stayed with me for uh, like 10 days and she's coming back at the end of the month. That's great. And I've had my sister and my niece come, which is very nice in its way, but in its way, it's also kind of difficult. Yeah. 
Yep. And especially when you have, don't have a bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> Women in particular need a bathroom. Well, I'm holding for miraculous experience of healing in your bathroom, in your life, and that something miraculous is occurring. Something heretofore unthought of, unknown, unbelieved, something is being brought to support you. Carla, you've talked a lot about triggers. Anything else you want to add? No, no, I don't want to say. I, I, I must admit, um, just in this, in this phone call, I can speak on triggers, but there's so many miraculous things that are happening. You know, I mean, it seems like, well, it's, it's all... I don't want to when I don't know how to do speak about it unless I go in the story, but my income decreased by a third and now it's decreased by another fifty percent. <laughs> and um you think I'd be really upset about that. And surprisingly, it's actually an answer of prayer in a way. It's not the loss of income, but because David I've been waiting for years for David to really be more present and appreciate me more and show that by being showing up for our appointments. And now, because you know, he lost, he's lost probably a lot of money, a lot more than I ever imagined not even having. But um, and now because of that. And because of circumstances, I helped him, even though I don't, it's not my money, but I gave money. And so what I'm, what I'm getting to is not, it doesn't have anything to do about the money or anything, but because of all this stuff that's happening, so it's, my answer prayers is happening. He is, he's so much, not that he needs to be grateful to me, but He's showing up in a different way in our relationship because of because of what's happening. This seems so horrible. And you know, I'm on my fourth print fifth printer in two months. <laughs> and you think that would be very challenging, and it was for probably the first till yesterday. And so um I mean, I can go there when things come up because then allow that. Because I know that I had this thought of a, a bumper sticker 
healing happening here. <laughs> and that's, that's what's happening. I know, healing happening here. Um, I don't know what the political thing. I don't, I don't listen to anything. I hear people talking about it, and I just—it's a practice for me to let go of my judgment about their judgment, which is really an example of how I judge myself. So it's just a lot of healing happening here. <laughs> a lot of healing. So um, sometimes I forget. Sometimes I remember. I appreciate that. I'm going to take us back to um, some of the questions that Mary Christine and, and Kazi raised in terms of using specifically the um, presidential election for our healing. And so this really applies to everything. It's just, it, there's uh, specific examples that can be very helpful to us here. So I've been thinking about how, very much what you were talking about, Mary Christine, that I was thinking about how how many women, because it really is the majority of women, have been uh, either sexually molested or accosted or attacked uh, in some way, shape, or form. And certainly, I, every single woman that I have ever known has been... Um, profoundly disrespected simply because they were a woman and that they were uh, spoken to or treated in some way that was uh, very demeaning and disrespectful of their sexuality. And I'm, I'm not saying that men haven't had a similar experience, but I definitely know that about women. That's been every woman I know's experience in this world. Every woman I know. Though I would say, I haven't heard Venerable specifically tell me a story of sexual molestation or anything like that that's ever happened to her. But I know she's been disrespected as a woman. Um, and so... What, what I see happening is, because this is at a time when I, I've described it as, it's like pimples coming to the surface of your face. You know, that pimples coming to the surface of your face might not seem like a good thing, but it's actually a healing because our skin is part of our digestive system. And so when stuff is happening in our skin, it can alert us to issues in our digestive system. So right now we're seeing all kinds of things coming to the surface. Um, and it's really, uh, and if you think of the digestive system is where your 
third chakra is, it's your relationship to yourself. So we're seeing on a, a global scale, um, these, this, these issues are taking place. Uh, this, we're, we're looking at ourselves projected on the screen. So when we are looking at a presidential candidate who has, we have audio and video of him telling people that he has molested women, that he's accosted them, that he has been sexually disrespectful to them and bragging about it. Um, that's gonna trigger a lot of women to work with the, the things that haven't been healed. It's going to help bring that to the surface. So in that way, it, it's everything is working together for good. There are no exceptions. Um, one of the things for us to consider is, and to bring the violet flame, whenever you're watching the news, listening to the news, bring the violet flame. Just bring it into everything that's being discussed. Uh, because for healing, because with half the population uh, of adults and teenagers even getting triggered, uh, and of course many, many men are triggered too, uh, and even in those that might not admit it, they're getting triggered too in all kinds of ways by um, what he's talking about. Obviously we've seen um, his many of his supporters saying, you know, I support his politics, but I, I can't support that. That's repulsive to me. Someone bragging about molesting women and disrespecting women. And um, I keep thinking there's there's some mother issue that's going to come up because he keeps saying how he loves women and yet he's been so disrespectful and I keep thinking, you know, his mother was an immigrant. He's married several immigrants, and yet he has the stance on immigration. So these, and, and what, what are immigrants? To some people, they're the other, right? The aliens, the other. And so he is really helping to trigger these issues that are deep-seated issues that many people have that are not healed and bringing them to the surface. And that's the thing that on a personal level, you know, when we get triggered, we don't like it. There's a, the, the tendency to go, I don't like this. I want it to stop. I want to escape it. I want to ignore it. I want to make it go away. I want to just kill it. I hate it. And so we're seeing in the triggers that are happening with the political candidates, we're having these same kinds of reactions. But on some level, what the political candidates are doing, because you know we also have Hillary Clinton, on some level to some people, I can't help thinking that she represents women who will just put up with anything from their husband, women who uh, don't have self-respect, who um, 
be with a man who adores them, but it seems, you know, uh, someone who's uh, being disrespectful to them and they're still tolerating that. And of course, you know, the stories of Bill Clinton's sexually harassing women or um, being unfaithful, all this stuff. I'm sure many women are, and men are triggered by that as well. And then we have both candidates are clearly liars. They are liars. And they are both people who will intimidate others to get what they want, aggressively intimidate others and defame others to get what they want. They both are on record so it appears as having done that. And so if we hate them, if we are triggered by them, if we're angered by them, if we're upset by them, if we're hurt by them, if we're disappointed even, it's really looking at it in terms of these people are aspects of ourselves. And if we're triggered by it, it's we're really triggered by our own disowned things. Because while we might not, maybe not one of us in this group has been sexually inappropriate, there may have been other ways in our life where we've been inappropriate or disrespectful to people and wounded them intentionally or unintentionally. There may be ways uh, in which we have uh, lied to people or bullied people um, or intimidated people or tried to coerce or manipulate them in ways that were very demeaning and disrespectful. So I, I can honestly say I've, I've done a lot of things that um, I, I would never do now in terms of being demeaning to people and manipulating or coercing um, uh, and disrespecting people. I've done many, 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 many things like that. And so if we're being triggered to hatred and anger and upset around these candidates, it's really for us to look within and see where we haven't forgiven ourselves. We don't have compassion for ourselves because carrying these things will prevent our ascension and awakening. It has to, but we, we can, move into that place of continuous, grateful that it's coming up, laying it on the altar, heal, doing the healing work for all beings, calling upon the violet flame, and really recognizing that this is our answered prayer. And being extremely mindful of not making it real to the point where we spiral down. So that's one thing that, um, Kazi uh, and Mary Christine, you were talking about how getting triggered and um, feeling, you know, really agitated and bothered by things. Um, uh, and not that we all are talking about that as well, but specifically the two of you. And if you look back now, just over the last week or two, regarding things that you've been triggered by, do you think that there's... Um, a predominant thought that was part of that trigger that 
in some way you you really came to see you were really attached to it and this experience could have been different if you had a different response to the trigger could you have had a different response to the trigger can you see any places where you were slow to respond to the trigger you let it roll for a while and actually anybody can also jump in and do in other words allowing the upset to continue yes i i see that there were many times when i could have done something differently one of the things i could do for the next one that is going to be on because i don't have control over the main television is that i can not be here I don't have to listen to it. I mean, I, I put earplugs in and stuff, but I still get it. The energy still shifts in the apartment. I can feel it. So to not be here and just give it a lot of violet light, and that would that would help a lot. Yeah. And you know what? It's it's not the television necessarily that's shifting the energy. Um, right. Energy it's the energy that, that's created. Correct. And this apartment was participating in the energy. So just because, it, you know, it was, I kept calling in violet light, violet light, violet light. And it just was, I kept feeling like I was being bombarded and I didn't have to listen to it anymore. Yet I felt also that I was like a deer in the headlights from old past experiences where I couldn't move. I felt paralyzed. So those things were very present. It came in pretty full force, but nothing like it used to. And it's, it's just dregs. It's dregs of it. That's what's happening. And I did get caught up in it. It's all right, because I recognize it on a much deeper level this time. <clears throat> and I'm be going to be more compassionate and self-loving and remove myself from the situation completely. Yes, and you know what's so helpful I have found for me, Mary Christine, is to uh, not make the person wrong for where they are. No, and yes, and these people are listening to this stuff. Most regular people are listening to this stuff. So it's not like there's anything wrong here. It's just I don't need to listen to it anymore. I already know all of this stuff. I already know how women have been treated, and I just, in big breath. Right. In seeing the ideal, that's what I want to cling to. In fact, that the whole parts of the, the debate that I did list here, um, that's what I kept going to and going to. The thing is, it's so much easier to go to it if I don't have to listen to it while I'm trying to pray. Yeah. But here's the thing. It's exactly these kinds of situations. If you think about it, you know, in the Sacred Flames book, you've heard me talk about it in terms of the initiation of the, the, um, the rose pink ray of divine love, that it's, it's required that we're going to live with someone who uh, or in circumstances that are highly agitating so that we can really 
become grounded in the desire of our heart to be a loving, beneficial presence. I know that's a lot of what travels have been about. There is that. And there is also um, that being wise enough to know that if something is triggering you to the point where you're losing your seat, then go find your seat and then maintain my seat and then go back to it. That's right. Because it's not going away. That's right. This is, it's just this thing is just barely coming to the surface. That's right. And I don't mean any particular presidential candidate, but all the lies that have been told and all the young people who are starting to hold everybody's feet to the fire. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Kazi, anything you'd like to share? Uh, yeah. Um, for me, it's... Um recognizing much sooner that, you know, that that is me out there on the, you know, like that is a projection of me because I can see that when I was losing my peace, it was because I didn't want to really believe that um, that's a projection of me. And when I would really take that back and start working with it, it like um, it would shift then. And so um, it's like giving up that false belief that it's out there. Because it's not. Well, it is out there, but it's because it's in here. Right. Um, and, this, you know, the more and more I live that way and believe that instead of this false belief that it's out there, um, the more I heal and the more peace I have. Mm-hmm. And it's actually for me, I like what you're saying, because what I've noticed for myself, because for a long time, I too didn't want to be around it, but it's around. And so I was like, no, it's just for me. I don't, doesn't mean I, because I'm listening to it, that I have to um, react to it because oftentimes I was, um, and I'm not anymore. It's just like, kind of like watching the picture unfold, like, oh, that's kind of interesting. Cause, and, and learning, discovering what really um, continues to trigger me or what doesn't, how, where have I healed and where do I now need to heal? <laughs> And there's always lots of opportunities for that. <laughs> yes, because we're in a healing, we're in a healing frame of mind. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and really, the other thing is really trusting much deeper, and it keeps deepening within myself that everything that's happening is exactly what needs to be happening. And it is up for if it, it is up for my healing, or it's exactly what it needs to be, whatever that is. And giving up any beliefs around anything that if I think it needs to be different. Because that's a false belief. That's the meaning I'm making of it. And when I make it that, when I choose that meaning, I definitely lose my peace. If I'm thinking that, oh, that shouldn't be that way. Whatever it is. Yes. And the sooner I identify that and let that go, the uh, much more I'm in peace, much quicker. That's it. Yes. That's being masterful. Yes. Because that's what that's the trajectory we're on 
to have undisturbable peace because we're so aware of the truth. That's why when people talk about Jesus um, withering the fig tree or um, uh, being angry with the money changers, I really think that the money changers upset, that was a display that was intentional to get people's attention, not because he was angry. And, um, and I don't believe he would have been destructive to the fig tree. It just doesn't, I don't believe that at all. So uh, it just doesn't feel true to me. So we're moving to that place of permanent peace. And, and this is how we get there to recognize what's going on. And I must uh, go to, to eat lunch before I resume the retreat. We're having a wonderful time. Wish you were here. And um, gonna say a prayer. And um, I'm so grateful for our class today. So we take this breath of love and gratitude so grateful and so thankful that we are part of a we've given ourselves this gift of a community where we can be transparent where we can have healing where we can work things through where there is no judgment where we are fully loved and supported just where we are no one is pushing us no one is making us we are grateful and thankful to affirm and to know that we are one with each other in all life. And we're in this partnership with the higher Holy Spirit self, the mighty I am presence walking with us, talking with us, teaching us, healing us every moment. We are grateful and thankful to truly dedicate ourselves to being a healing presence. We're grateful and thankful to see things as they truly are. We're grateful and thankful to open to receive all manner of support, all manner of support from the universe. This is what I know for us is we are open and receptive to all manner of support, divine grace and ease in all things. God is our sufficiency. We are truly grateful to know it and recognize it, to hold it for each other. In gratitude, we share the benefits with all. We let it be, and so it is. Amen. 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 God bless you. I love you, and have a good weekend. And holding you in prayer, Lawrence, for so many things and reasons. Bye for now.